Hello and welcome to episode one of Starcast. This is the first episode of what hopefully will be a series of episodes uh, made by fans dedicated to the character, the comic book character of Iron Man and generally Marvel Comics because these days, you know, the movies are so big, they kind of expand and uh, interconnect. So this is, um, this is a podcast that's going to be dedicated to Iron Man because Iron Man's really huge, you know, since 2008, Iron Man became very, very big and uh, there, is, there is a lot there's a lot of attention to it in the media and it's it's really an achievement going from a character that most people haven't heard of really uh going five years back to becoming really up there of the dark knight one of the biggest co- and the best comic book movies so um i wanted to do this show much much earlier but <laughs> i don't know why i just didn't get around to it so with a week before iron man 2 opens up we decided to start this podcast show and what we're going to do is we're basically going to bring you news on on Iron Man, news on Marvel, uh, on Marvel properties as they develop. Mostly, we're mostly going to be talking about Marvel movies, Marvel comics, so, some backstory stuff here and there. So, my name is Andrew. With me today, I have my best friend, Thomas. Tom, Tom how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. How's yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm doing very good. I'm very, very excited to see, very excited to see, finally, to see Iron Man 2. We're going to be seeing it together, so... Before before we go into the news itself, uh, I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, quickly mine and Tom's uh, fandom in you know Iron Man and comic books. Uh, myself, you know, uh, I've always been into comic book movies and cartoons. I've never really read any comic books when I was younger, uh, but then um, I saw Iron Man in two thousand and eight, and you know it was fantastic and made me want to you know made me want to know more about the character. So. Uh, I started getting getting the comic books, and you know I, I haven't read all of the comic books because there's just so so many over the, the five volumes spanning, you know fifty you know fifty years. But you know I ha- you know I've read I've read the biggest ones you know Demon in the Bottle, Armor Wars, you know uh, I've read most of most of the new things you know from uh, from Iron Man Director of Shield to the Exodus. Now I'm now going through the Invincible Iron Man. So uh, really uh, Iron Man has uh, you know, got me into generally reading comic books. You know, I'm really into the dark, you know, the, the Batman comic books, uh, Spider-Man comic books. So, it's really got me into a fantastic medium. But and hopefully, uh, it's done that for a lot of other people because there is really a lot of great and very interesting stories in 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 comic books, and I think they are un- underrated by people as just children's books. Uh, so so that that's that's it for for me. Uh, Tom, uh, Tom, what about you? Before before you saw the movie, what did you what did you know about Iron Man? Yeah, I was aware aware of it, and basically because it was a cartoon on the um, well, what was Fox Kids? It wasn't. It didn't strike me as a great cartoon at the time. It was in this kind of this the league of the original Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. It, it, I was rewatching it. I was rewatching it yesterday, like the first part of the first cartoon. It looked it looked a bit cheap. Let's just say that the characters looked a bit. I don't say gay. Yeah, that's that's the best way to describe it because you, you know what I mean. Like you see Whiplash and like they're all wearing like really tight leather and. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt. But I, I think that's what Iron Man really was, wasn't it? Like we were we were like comic book and superhero fans growing up and. 
you know, we were aware of Iron Man, but we really didn't know, we knew, like, what he was, you know, it's a big suit, and he flies around, but we, you know, we didn't know a lot of his enemies or backstory, that kind of stuff. Do you think I'm right? Well, in the cartoon series, when he wanted to change suits, it just happened. He didn't have to go back to the lair to put it back on another suit. It's just like, oh, I need my space armor for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I, I mean, like, in the, in the intro, when he transforms, he just, like, lifts the suitcase and it just folds down into levels of the Iron Man armor. And it was really... So, that wasn't the best cartoon, was it? It wasn't on the level the of, like, the Spider-Man cartoon, you know, or the X-Men cartoon, was it? But... Uh, uh, originally, I don't remember who, uh, in the 90s, Paramount acquired the rights to make the Iron Man movie. And uh, for about 10 years, it flew around different studios, getting rights here and there. And um, and eventually, uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel made their own studio. And the first movie that Marvel did make was, was Iron Man. Now, um, Tom, when did you... Uh, when you first saw the trailer for the, the first, you know, for the first Iron Man movie, what did you what did you think of it? What did you, what was your reaction? I thought the first thing that struck me was the suit. It looked epic. It's like I remember the suit from the cartoon. For yeah, it's all right, but the suit from the from the movie, you had the him blowing up a tank. It was just fantastic. It, and yeah, it looked really great. Mm-hmm. Right. I, mean, graphics. I mean like if you look at the old suits like even in the cartoons and the comics it was like he would have like the vest but like it looked like his like his legs and arms they were just like there wasn't a suit there because you can see the muscles and stuff coming yeah, out you can see the muscles. and the six pack and that made absolutely no sense and you never actually saw him like put it on because I remember in the comics like he'd put on you see him put on the mask and the, and the vest and then out of nowhere his hands just turned yellow so but I, I the great thing, yeah, the great thing that the designers did, and you know, um, and John Favreau wanted to accomplish is like, it looks like it works, doesn't it? Like especially in that scene, in the scene, you know, when you first see the Mark II, he puts on the Mark II, and you see all the all the parts moving here, and there. it looks like it can be built, right? It does look like it is buildable, but. Mm. That's the that's the genius of CGI these days. I know, I know, it's great, but um, um. So, you know, so the trailer came out, and I think the trailer came out, uh, the movie came out in uh, spring of 2008, and, the, and the, the trailer came out at the end of 2007. So, um, so you know, the trailer kind of raised awareness. And, I mean, when I first saw the trailer, I was aware of Iron Man, but I wasn't really too into it, you know. I, I would have preferred to see, you know, preferred to see, I was more, I was looking forward to, say, The Dark Knight more, and that kind of stuff. But let's get let's go back. You know, this decade I think it's been very, very well. Not this decade, last decade because we're in the 2010 now. Last decade has been very good for for comic book movies, don't you think? It, I mean, it started off with well, Blade wasn't like the 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 first really major one, I guess, was you know X Men, and then it went on to Spider Man, and then we started to get loads of loads of. Would you agree that you know we've had some really good comic book movies? Of course, they, they, you know, they weren't all great. We've had, you know, the original Hulk and Fantastic Four, and especially the second one. Yeah, you have the Incredible Hulk, which is another Marvel, which I know was superior in every way to the original Hulk. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean you know, who does those enemies? What the fuck? I mean, out of all the enemies, you put in a load of dogs. 
I know. I know. The, first, like, I mean, the first one was horrible. He looked like Shrek on Ecstasy. Because, uh, <laughs> like, and I, I tried to, I tried to watch it three times, and I just, I just couldn't, couldn't get into it. And but, you know, we've had, you know, we've had, uh, like, the the X Men movies. Well, X Men kind of started it off. I mean, X Men, yeah, X Men One, brilliant. X Men Two, even better. X Men Three, they kind of lost it there. But Vinnie Jones kind of lost it there, I think. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much ruined the movie, and then they just decided to kill off all the mutants. The last decade was very, very good in building up uh, comic book movies because you know it went from being something that people laugh at, yeah, you know, oh, it's stupid. Because, for example, you know, at the end of at the end of the nineties, we had something like Batman and Robin, which the most horrid movie ever. Two things to say: bat ass and the bat nipples. Come on, and the Batman credit card. Oh, and the bat computer. And uh, oh, and the bat branded computer. I love it. I, the bat top. Yes, and that. The bat top. That's good. That's good. No, but the thing is with Batman and Robin, like we said this before, the actors were just paid like thirty million each, and they just did it. You know. Arnie was in there, Clooney was in there, Uma Thurman, they got big, paid a big chunk. But, you know, the decade ended on a um, on Batman and Robin, really, if we, if we think about it. And then in 2000, you know, we've had the first X-Men. And, you know, the movies grew so much up to, the, up to 2008 when we got something like The Dark Knight, you know, which, you know, won an Academy Award and it, it was acknowledged as, a, you know, as a great movie and it just really took comic books to, you know, comic book movies to a serious level. So, um, so, so going back, you know, uh, Marvel, Iron Man was Marvel's first, first movie that they, uh, uh, that they, that the studio made. So, uh, so, you know, we saw, in 2008, we saw the trailers and that kind of stuff, and, um, so I, I started looking forward to Iron Man. I thought, okay, this is, this is a cool idea, and I went into the cinema to see it, uh, unfortunately, Tom, we see most of our movies, well, most of the superhero movies together, but we didn't see Iron Man, uh, Iron Man together. And uh, what was what was your experience when you, um, you know, you went into the cinema and when you came out of the cinema, what did you think of the movie as opposed to what you thought before you you, came, you went into the cinema? Well, I thought it was going to be because I didn't know Iron Man brilliantly. I thought, yeah, it's going to be a mediocre movie. It's going to kind of be like um, it's a kind of like a movie. You, it's watchable, but you wouldn't watch it again, kind of thing. Right, but right, right. That really wasn't the case because the character Robert Danny that Robert Danny Jr. portrayed was just epic. I mean, he got it spot on. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! And like, yeah, yeah. Going back, I mean, Iron Man has done. You know, like Robert Danny Jr. has been around since the late eighties as like weird science and stuff like that, but. I'm so glad he did Iron Man because it opens him up to so many more people because, to be honest, before Iron Man, I didn't know about Robert Downey Jr. and now I do, you know, and it, it, it opens you up to, you know, how great of an actor he is and finally, after all these years, you know, he's finally getting huge roles, you know, he's getting Sherlock Holmes and he's he's getting more of these roles. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was the perfect, the perfect guy to play to play Iron Man for the role, and I, I was the same, you know, I went into the cinema, I was like, okay, this looks quite cool, let's, let's go and see this, and uh, I came out of the cinema, and I was just blown away, I, I was just, I was in love with it, I inspired, and Tom, you know how much I love Iron Man now, I'm like, I've seen it 130 times, I've seen it 130 times, yes, I've seen it, I, I, and 
just a quick story. This this is how desperate I am. I, I, I uh, John Favreau on his Twitter. I, I sent him a Twitter saying just you know just as a fun saying thank you and I've seen your movie about 130 times. Just just as a laugh, just as a joke. And then I go to bed and at 11 o'clock I check my iPhone and I check the Twitter on it and I see a message saying. Thank you. Great to hear. And I just, I, I quickly text Tom. Uh, you know, I, I, I phone my friends to say, Oh my God, I've got, I've got a message back from John Favreau, and that made my day. Most people think it's something really, really, you know, it's really pathetic and stupid, but it was, it was really grand. So, uh, Tom, what is your, what, what is your favorite, favorite bit of Iron Man, Iron Man One? Him testing out the Mark Two. Him making it and testing it out. Probably one of the greatest scenes because it. The effects just there, from changing the Mark One from the Mark Two. Oh, I don't need that. Get rid of it. Making the shoes, testing it out, and then him flying around the city in this quite awesome silver suit. Mm-hmm. I, I I love like the idea of it. I, I think what John Favreau did is the movie feels real. You know, it feels like an action. It can happen. Because of you know like the suit and like the way you see him build it and the reactor and the way he escapes, it actually feels like you know it could happen. And for, for me too, the bit that just inspired me was the bit when you know he was building it. You know, you see him making the thrusters, you see him making like the leg, the the um, the leg, uh, the things he flies around with, and you know you, you see him make you see him making all of it and it just feels like you can make it and it wants you, and it makes you want to just go out and make something make your own armor but probably fail and kill yourself so um so yeah that was definitely a favorite part of uh of of i man i man one for me so so i man one is a fantastic movie and you know we're going to keep on talking about it you know throughout the show so now that we've got the introduction out of the way, we're, we're just going to we're going to go into the into the news, which is going to be the main segment because there's so much Iron Man two news right now that uh, you know we're just going to talk about about it. So first news is you know it's 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 not really news, but um, it's happened a while ago. But it's 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 very sad because originally Iron Man two, the world premiere of Iron Man two, was um, was supposed to happen. Here in London, we both live in London in England. It was supposed to happen in London. And me and Tom, Tom, we were looking forward to it. You know, uh, as soon as I realised, I uh, I called Tom. Tom, I said to him, "Look, mate, we've got to we've got to go. We've got to you know we've got to see the actors. We've got to go there. You know, it's it's near. It's quite near to us. It would only take us about an hour to get there, even with the the horrible." And then what and happens? What? Poxy Iceland. And then and then and then. fucking Iceland. And then of course, of course. Iceland happens, and <laughs> Tom has a huge hatred for Iceland now. <laughs> but yeah, so so you know, this whole volcano happens, and thousands of people are stranded and trapped in countries that they went on holiday for, and uh, so you know, and uh, and they say that you know they they had to move the premiere from London to LA now, and you know, me and Tom were very disappointed, very very upset. This was our chance to see all the actors. But uh, what was interesting is uh, on a sh- uh, on a uh, talk show here in, in the uh, in the UK, uh, Jonathan Ross, very popular, and uh, what it was is he uh, he, he has, it's, it's like, you know, in the US, it's like Jay Leno and that kind of stuff, he always has guests on, and uh, and the guests were meant to be Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, you know, promoting Iron Man 2, and because of this, they couldn't make it over, so, so instead, they tried 
they uh, they tried to get them on um, satellite. through satellite. Oh, you looking great. Look at Robert Downey Jr. You look tanned. You look relaxed. You look fit as a fiddle. And you you I know you're disappointed not to be here because you love this country and you know that the fans here love you, don't you? Uh, yeah, I feel like an honorary Brit having played Sherlock Holmes and. Um Contrary to popular belief, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to do your show in person anytime. <laughs> um, hey, here's the thing about, I want to ask Robbie about. Before we talk about um, Iron Man 2, uh, I love Sherlock Holmes. And here's a movie you didn't think necessarily was going to work because you've got an American playing this, uh, this famous English detective. You've got Guy Ritchie, who's more known for kind of modern kind of movies. You've got uh, Jude Law, who I would have thought was a bit too pretty to be Watson. As a matter of fact, sometimes I think he's a bit too pretty to play any man. Um, <laughs> but it all came together brilliantly. There's one scene I want to ask you about where I got the feeling, and correct me wrong, that you'd drawn on your, uh, your training, your experience of playing Charlie Chaplin into Sherlock Holmes. Which scene? You know the scene when he escapes, he climbs down the roof, and then he goes to a marketplace to disguise himself. And he does lots of little oh. moves and flicks. And I thought, that's very Chaplin-esque. That reminded me of the work you did in that movie with uh, Richard Attenborough. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you are. Ap apparently the link's going down. We have to go back to Dimitri <laughs> in Latvia. No, no, not Dimitri. Come on, I'm here and I'm real. <laughs> I love hey, you, John. Uh, all right, OK, now, uh, I've already said this to Gwyneth, but congratulations to you as well uh, for Iron Man 1 and in advance for Iron Man 2. Um, I think Iron Man has been uh, one of, if not the most successful superhero movie of all time. I mean, it's, you know, a real, uh, a real success story. Uh, on the one hand, it gives you the chance to do it again. On the other hand, I imagine it's fairly daunting. You've got to match that first one, and it's always harder to get it right the second time out of the trap. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really don't, I don't know much about uh, how things work that way. I just felt like, wow, what a great opportunity. And you're right, though. It's, it's a lot tougher to try to, to recapture something that, um, you don't really quite know how you got the chemistry right there. But again, with my dear Miss Paltrow, I think that, that is, uh, that's half the movie done right there. So, you know, thanks to her. Well, I love the fact that uh, the kind of romance side of it comes out a lot more in this movie, and you get a lot more time with the characters as well. Of course, uh, yeah. as I said, we have the gorgeous Scarlett Johansson here, but Mickey Rourke is, uh, is fabulous as the whiplash guy. Uh, what was it like working with him? How does, uh, how does he get? Does he stay in character? Is he one of those kind of guys? Uh, also gorgeous. Um, yeah, uh, Mickey is a, was a much more internal type actor, so during his um, emotive scenes, he would have John holding rosaries and pictures of deceased relatives off camera. I basically show up, uh, drink a coffee, and I'm ready to party. Uh, but you don't party as much after hours as you used to, of course, do you? How about not at all? Okay. So when Mickey's finished the day's work and you see him heading off with a, a couple of young fans that maybe he's met on the internet, I don't know where he finds them. Uh, <laughs> he's heading off for a while. Like we had Kiefer Sutherland on last week and he invited me out for a drink after the show. Man, did I ever dodge a bullet there? But um, <laughs> did you, do you ever, when you, see, uh, when you see Mickey going out to cut loose or you, other people, do you ever feel any regret? Do you wish you could still be doing that or are you pleased that that period of your life is just gone? You mean, do I feel regret that I'm not nine sheets to the wind doubled over in an alley somewhere? Yes, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, 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 well, that will. Those days are gone. Hey, um, uh, what about the suit? Do you, the suit is the, one of the, the best things about the idea of that character in the comic, and it works on the movie as well. If they, didn't, if they hadn't got the suit right, the movie wouldn't have worked the first time out. Um, do you get to keep yeah. one? Have you got an Iron Man suit or mask for home use? Uh, oh, home use. 
I have uh, I have uh, pieces I have pieces of it, but it's a it's a pretty costly item, and I'm not uh, maybe they don't trust me. It's not like I would do anything kinky with it. So it was great seeing you know the dedication from from the actors to actually participate you know in the show, even though they couldn't be there, uh, they still did it over over satellite link. So uh, that that was a great. Interview. From Iron Man two. Do you, do you think this is this is going to be like the best the best comic book movie ever? Do you think it has a chance? It's got possibility. It's got the Dark Knight to um, live up to, basically. Mm-hmm. Another, well, basically Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark are very similar characters as well. Are, well, yeah. well, um, Tony Stark's parents weren't killed by a murderer outside of them of opera, but basically same concept. They had to. They're both billionaires. They both made their suits. What What do you feel about Tom? What do you feel about the the overall kind of like the, the design in in Iron Man in Iron Man Two? Because you know in the first one we you know we saw the free the free suits you know Mark One, Two, and Three, and in this one it seems like there's going to be three different suits as well. We're going to have the Mark Four, Mark Five, which is the suitcase armor, and of course Mark Six. So before we finish off the show, let's talk about let's talk about the new armors in Iron Man Two. So. Mark Four. Uh, it looks like it looks like Mark kind of like III. yeah. It, lo- it, it looks, looks like, like Mark Three, just brighter, more color. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like the upgrade to Mark Three. I uh, it's kind of like reading around. It's meant to be like more form fitting, a lighter suit. So I think that's just you know something that yeah that we see in the beginning of the movie where he jumps down that kind of stuff. Uh, let's get to the more interesting one. Let's get to Mark Two. Uh, sorry, Mark Five. Let's get to Mark Five. Uh, Mark Five. This is this is very interesting um, because when I first saw this in the trailer, I I was just just like most people, and I, I was blown away. This is probably one of the the coolest things I've seen in a trailer. And of course, I'm talking about the bit where he puts his hands into the suitcase, opens up, and it goes all around him to you know to make kind of like the mobile Iron armor. Tom, what do you think about Mark Five? Mark Five. Is probably the most interesting one because, well, first of all, it's mobile, and it's the only besides the Mark II and Mark One. It's the only like come new design of the Iron Man armor that has a silver face, while all the others have gold faces. Mm-hmm. Silver um, armor yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the silver is definitely a throwback to back when he was. Uh, I think it was the seventies and eighties. Back when he was in the Avengers, he wore like the silver armor for a long time, and that whole general suit is, it's a throwback to what you were saying. You know, the comic book, and like some of the old cartoons and Fox Kids, uh, where you know Tony used to carry his armor around in a suitcase. But of course, you know, as we said before, Iron Man is so grounded in realism. Uh, these these current movies. That you know they had to make it believable. So in the old comics, you know, he'd be in trouble, and he opens up the suitcase, and you see a pair of gloves, and a you know, and and a helmet lying around, and somehow he, it manages to turn into a <laughs> into a suit. So, so that was kind of that was um, it wasn't very believable. But the way they've done it now, you know, he puts it in, and then the gloves. And it goes all around him. It's 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 fantastic. Uh, so that's that's definitely a suit we're going to be looking looking forward to seeing on screen the way the way it develops. Uh, and uh, let's move into the Mark Six because this is very interesting. The main the the main or maybe the only difference from the pictures that I've seen so far of uh, you know the difference between Mark Six and the Mark Four is 
the triangular chest plate. Um, and this, th this is very interesting because for a number of years now, in the comics at least, uh, Tony has had a triangular chest plate as, uh, well, a triangular chest plate. In, yeah, in the suit. Well, the thing is, like, in the comics, he hasn't actually had, uh, you know, he's had surgery to repair repair his heart so he doesn't he doesn't need the armor and uh, uh, the actual power source to keep the shrapnel out of his heart so that kind of makes me makes me wonder what what this is going to be all about do you think that maybe tony has found a way of removing uh, the you know the shrapnel out of his heart and now the suit is just simply powered by itself because we see we see him uh, with the reactor in in the clip you know he's trying to make this triangular power source so maybe this was this is like a more powerful source that he needed to defeat like the crimson dynamo and the war machine with what do you think no well i don't reckon he has removed the shrapnel from his heart seeing as in later scenes you can still see the power supply but instead of like it being a circular symbol in the middle, it's got like a triangular symbol now. Mm -hmm. Meaning that he obviously still uses it, but he couldn't remove it fully, but it's more powerful for the Mark VI. What we decided to have a look now is uh, these new posters have just been announced, or released, uh, these kind of two new pictures, uh, they're for the IMAX. Uh, John Favreau tweeted this. And the first one is the Mark V, as we've just been talking about, and the second one is Whiplash. Uh, uh, let's just quickly talk about them. I'll post the links in these uh, two pictures in the podcast description. Um, what do you, this is actually like the first picture, Tom, that we've seen of the Mark V as a still, apart from the actual clip. And what do you, what do you think about this? It looks epic. It looks epic. epic. That's, I mean, it really does. I mean, it's got... You can actually see all the details. In the trailer, it's just quite... Sh because the sun is on him, meaning it's giving a more light effect, it's it's quite shiny and unable to see all the little parts. Mm. But on this, you can see it. It looks battle damaged. It looks like he's obviously been fighting Whiplash. Yeah, that's that's cool. The way they decided to actually put a battle damaged version of it in, you know, inside it, because... That that really give, that really gives a lot of a lot of realism. That's a fantastic picture. That's and the red, you know, it just looks so much more powerful against the silver than the gold. So that that looks fantastic. And the second picture, of course, here is of Whiplash. And I remember when when they first, you know, the first photos that we've seen of Whiplash. And what they were is Marvel released these photos, but his whips weren't actually like animated. So people started saying that, oh, that, you know. Uh, miscast, you know, bad, bad character placement, that kind of stuff. So, but looking at this poster now, you know, the whips look amazing. I mean, John Favreau said that he was inspired by lightsabers, you know, in the Star Wars movies, and I, I think, you know, he, he got he got a spot on. It looks, it looks again, it's keeping with the style of uh, Iron Man. You know, it looks as real as it can, you know, as real as it can make. It looks like it can be made in a way. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so uh, it is so brilliant, actually. Yeah, so you know these every you know every time they release a new piece of information, it's you know just amazing to see how much work and effort's been put into this into this movie. So um, so on that note, I think we will uh, end this first episode of uh, of the uh, Stark cast. 
So uh, if you have any any emails uh, or feedback, please uh, please send them to uh, please send them to our email. The the email is going to be posted in the description. So please send them to our uh, email address. Any topic suggestions, any feedback you have on the show, any way we can improve the show, that kind of stuff. So on that note, uh, I'm going to leave you with me today. I have my best friend Tom. Tom, thank you very much. Anything you want to say? Yeah, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> All right, anyway, and I will see you guys later. Bye-bye. This podcast is intended for informative and entertainment purposes only and is in no way intended to infringe any copyright laws. Any audio or video or names used belongs to their correct copyright owner. Please support the official release.